so hello and welcome everyone to the Turn 5 podcast. A bit more of a muted start because we're going to start by talking about Formula Regional European by Alpine. Uh, where, unfortunately, a uh, young driver, Deano van der Hoff, sadly lost his life at Spa in the wet conditions, which is always unfortunate. Um, that's something we never want to see. We always talk about how good safety has got in the sport, but it's instances like this that just remind you of the dangers of motorsport, really. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a young talent that we've lost far too soon. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, he won the 2021 um, Spanish Formula 4. So, you know, he was pretty damn talented. Mm. Um, again, it was the Eau Rouge Radion complex that resulted in this crash. Uh, from what I understand, it was actually further, further along. It was, the Camel yeah. Strait, yeah. They said it was as they were coming onto the, the Camel Strait in reports. All right, okay. So that's like the top of Radion, mm. um, which is where we saw, obviously, Antoine Hubert lost his life there not too many years ago. Uh, and yes, reprofiling work has taken place at the corner since then and the barriers have changed, but we've had another incident. So I think, I mean, obviously an investigation will be taking place. Mm. Um, that's probably one of the best things about the the governing bodies at times like this is that their investigations are thorough. Mm -hmm. um, and even if there isn't a, a fatality, a big crash like this, there are investigations that take place anyway. Um, yeah, look at um, Grosjean, Bahrain. Um, I mean, we were lucky in Bahrain that we didn't lose a driver there, but they still launched a full and in-depth investigation they did so with Hubert's crash um, I'm positive they will do the same here mm -hmm. it's I don't want to say unfortunate but at the same time the drivers get into the car knowing the risk and while that risk is much lower than it might have been in the, the 60s through the 80s before we started improving all the safety um, there is still work we can do. Um, technology keeps progressing. Materials keep improving. We've seen it in recent years that even the flame-proofing in the overalls has improved and the regulations around that changes. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a, a tragedy that we've lost another young driver. Um, but we have to remember him and learn from it. Yeah. I have seen a lot question race control's decision to go green in those conditions for a one-lap shootout after a safety car period. A lot of people were saying it... A lot of people on-track action from it. I've horrendous. seen pictures, and it's it's worse than Spa lot, 21 and we yeah, didn't go racing in Spa. That. I saw I saw a video because it came up on my timeline on Twitter, and it was quite similar to Antoine's accident, where he went on track and then someone just went into him. 
which yeah. could have been completely avoidable had they not let them go out on track. Yeah, they could have very easily finished that race yeah. behind the safety car. It was the final lap. There's no need to go racing. No. Um, yes, we all criticised Formula One in 2021, but that was be- more because of the farce that they went through of sending the cars out for two laps behind the safety car, calling it a Grand Prix and going home. Yeah, yeah. just don't send them out at all. Ex- exactly. Just cancel the race. And especially because the the people in Fraca a lot younger well some of them yeah, are a lot even... younger a lot less they're, they're younger less experienced we and we call more. the 20 and drivers yeah. on the formula one grid the best in the world yeah and there's, there's a, a lot reason there's a reason that the drivers in freca are three tiers below formula one they're yeah. still learning their craft they mm-hmm. they are not the best in the world yet and some of them could be 15 16 exactly only, what, 18 18 yeah yeah I'd like, I'd like to point out the driver who's also involved, Adam Fitzgerald. He he is alive. Um yeah. he has broken several bones, but he's stable. So he is alive. And I think it mm, the feeder series account, I think they posted what he Adam posted on Instagram. And um yeah, he would just say, if no words for Delano's family, then I'm truly heartbroken for them. They and Delano constantly are my thoughts. I just don't know what to say, other than my heart is broken for them, which yeah. we all agree with. And yeah. our thoughts are obviously all with him as well. That It must be really difficult. Look at yeah. We've just had the same thing with Juan Manuel Correa. It must yeah. be really difficult for Juan Manuel um, seeing that happen, and then he had to get in the car a few hours later in racing Formula 2. Mm. Um, but we just hope that the governing bodies can do something, even if it's that in the wet conditions, they're a lot stricter on running in Spa. Um, because I think what a lot of people said is in the dry, that accident probably wouldn't have happened. Um, because the visibility would be there. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it was it was mainly the visibility that it was a big problem. That Formula One are actually doing a test in a couple of weeks of a new system to try and improve visibility in the wet. Um, basically, wheel arches on the back of the cars. Uh, this isn't in response to that incident, um, because obviously these things take a no, long this, time this to one develop. Has been a time coming. Um, I think it was from, announced last year. Yeah, it's been from comments from the yeah. F1 drivers about because. Because the car kicks yeah, up the spray yeah. so much higher, um, it just lingers, and yeah. that's become the new problem in in dry running. The the high um, the rooster tail of dirty air off the back of the car has been great because it meant you have a, a cleaner pocket. But in wet running, that means that the air can the the rain droplets can just sort of linger there, and it yeah. has been severely reducing visibility. Japan was another one where they were yeah. highly critical of that fact. Mm. Um, but the sport always moves forward. Safety has improved massively from when we first went Grand Prix racing. We just hope that it can take another step forward and another tragic incident like this can be avoided. Um, we but, have to remember that yeah, crashes aren't uncommon, but thankfully fatalities now are. Mm. Yeah. We see massive crashes with 
great regularity across all series of motorsports, not just within open wheeled, but GT and, and WEC as well. And most drivers escape relatively unscathed. And that is testament to the safety procedures of not only the regulations, but of the materials and everything involved with it now. Um, so it is sad, but we have to remember that this is a lot less common than it once was. Yeah. There's a reason that on every ticket and on every paddock pass, it's printed in big bold letters, motorsport can be dangerous. And it's instances um, like this that just remind us of that fact. Uh, I like that, um, like, whenever you go to any circuit, no matter, like, which type of motorsport it is, so there's, like, circuit racing, rallying, they're posted everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's the massive sign saying motorsport is dangerous and, like, massive bold letters. They are posted everywhere. And I imagine the same as I haven't been to circuit race. Chris, you have to write me off on this. Uh, yeah, on... Yeah, post, post it everywhere. It's not really on posters, but on every ticket to mm. Formula One, that's motorsport can be dangerous. Yeah. Um, And as I say, on every paddock pass and stuff, it's got that line in massive letters. And, and it is things like this that remind us of that. But if there's one solace that we can take, it's that Diallo... Although he's although we've lost him, he was doing what he loved. Yeah. Um, he he loved racing. That was what he lived for, and we we race on, and we race for him. We race for Juan Manuel, not Juan Manuel Antoine. Sorry, uh, we race for everyone that we've lost in the past, and just pray that we lose no one else in the future. With that sentiment, shall we discuss Austria? Mm. Yeah. The, let's... the Max Verstappen show. Yes, let's move to Formula One. Um, I had hope after free practice one. Why? <laughs> because other cars looked good on race pace. Get a load of this guy. <laughs> the... It's the Red Bull ring. Yeah. <laughs> But the, the Mercedes actually was the quickest on pure race pace in FP1. I say FP1, that but was a sprint weekend, so just FP. Definitely wasn't in the race, though, was it? Yeah. Cool. But that's what I'm saying. This is from Friday's perspective only. Yeah, I would like to remind you of how many times last year you looked good on race pace and were absolutely mm. nowhere in the race. You should be used to this by now. Yeah. But um, the Mercedes looked good on race pace. The Ferraris didn't look too bad. Okay, yeah, the Ferraris did look Ferraris quite good. good. Um, and the Red Bulls looked uncharacteristically slow. I'm like, okay, we could have two races on our hands. Then and then Red qualifying happened. <laughs> yeah. Qualifying happened, and again, the Mercedes looked absolutely crap on one lap pace. Sergio Perez couldn't keep it within the white lines. Could As became a weekend. theme to the weekend. Um, but like, um, like that's, that's Q2, you're Sergio Perez. You've been out for two runs and you've had two lap times deleted. Mm. Those lap times are good enough for P2, both of them, but yeah. deleted. You're out for a third run. Surely you don't bother trying to get the P2 time because it's only Q2. 
you just get safe. Yeah. You dial it back five percent and you stick it in the lines and you go sixth. That is literally what his engineer said to him on the radio. Just get a banker lap in. It's yeah. And then he exceeded the track limits and qualified P fifteen. Yeah. Was in the dirty air. It's, it's always it's you want to talk about it. dirty air. Wait until we talk about Formula Three qualifying. Oh my god! Um, and then George Russell as well. What were Mercedes thinking? He's in eleventh, and what did they do? Send him on four lap old softs. He's <gasps> top tier. Usually we praise Mercedes for their strategies oh, in this episode, probably. and we will in a few moments. But that was completely bonkers. Such a stupid decision. But it's hindsight, so I mm. thought it was a great decision. No, you did. <laughs> yeah, I did because it helped Lando get through. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I was just waiting for that. But from a purely strategic point of view, like who thought, oh yeah, that's a good idea? Completely Clearly stupid. someone. Yeah. Mm. And they should be fired. <laughs> no, not, not actually. Well, I'm sure they do great work. Hamilton but... way. <laughs> um, I'm sure they do some good work, but that was just silly. And then we came to Q3. And as I said in the stream that I've just uploaded to YouTube, so that'll actually be up before this episode goes out, I think Lapa qualifying needs to go to Charles Leclerc. Yeah. To get it within five hundredths of the Ferrari, uh, of the Ferrari, of the Red Bull. <laughs> He's in the Ferrari. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, to get it within five hundredths of the Red Bull is mightily impressive when the Ferraris had looked pretty much nowhere in qualifying up to that point. Mm. Um, a, a very good lap. But, of course, Max Verstappen took pole. And so we all get a point. And then sprint shootout. I was at work, so... And because I watched the sprint, I didn't bother watching sprint shootout. Uh, anything? I know Hamilton qualified um, P18. What happened there? Just didn't get the lap in. Yeah, was... he got blocked by traffic on his um, fast lap. All the Hamilton fans were moaning because Verstappen overtook him and it cost him a lap. But I thought it was very funny, personally. <laughs> because um, Max just finished his lap and he overtook Hamilton into turn one there probably wasn't any need but Verstappen's just doing Verstappen things to annoy Hamilton fans Perfect. and then <laughs> um, Russell had a issue in Q2 as sprint shootout or whatever you want to call it shootout 2 whatever I think it's um, SQ2. It's, SS. It's, it's not S. I think on the graphics it's SQ2. Oh, I see. It all came up as SS online. On the website for Spreadshirt, it just has Q1, Q2, Q3. <laughs> so, yeah, SQ2. Yeah, he had a hydraulic issue that put him out. Both hashes got through SQ3 or whatever. So, the top 10. <laughs> Well done to them. And Lando stuck it on the second row because he's unbelievable driver. And then, and then the sprint. 
then we got to the sprint and lap one a bit and naughty from tasty but yeah a bit naughty from both red bull drivers <laughs> that was mad. showing max the grass and max um, just okay Checo showing Max it. the grass is one thing. Checo showing Max the grass in the wet. <laughs> mm. Yeah, we should preface. They're all on intermediate. Not as wet as it had been earlier in the day. Uh, yeah. Uh, the F3 sprint race is insane. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Checo pushing Max onto the grass in the wet. As soon as I saw turn three coming up in Max's position, I knew exactly what was going to happen. It's like, come on, what do you uh, expect? You push someone onto the grass, they're not just going to let it go. They're going to be like, Mm. have it back. (laughs) His interest. His prime Max Verstappen, it was so good. Is no given. I'm having this. I'm on the inside line, and you are going to meet the exterior (laughs) white line of the track. I wonder yeah, if they yeah. deleted Sergio Perez's uh, lap time for track limits. Probably not, because it was so slow. Yeah, it just slows <laughs> you down more, doesn't it? So... The only thing with it is that it cost Lando because it put him in anti-stall and he lost about 10 positions. <laughs> yeah, that was savage. But that Although, was probably... Hulkenberg got into PT from it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Has flying high. There's a lot of people saying it might have been driver error that caught Lando out. He just didn't catch the clutch or something when he basically had to stop. Um, it's Verstappen's fault for sending it. It was Perez's fault for pushing Max yeah. onto the grass. That's the chain reaction here. <laughs> but yeah, a bit, na- a bit naughty from both Red Bulls. But to be fair, I feel like Max sends it on Perez in turn three anyway, just from turn one. Because Perez yeah. sent it on Max. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's what we forgot to say. Max was pretty naughty <laughs> into turn one and almost showed Perez the wall off <laughs> yeah. the line. Perez was fully off the track when he overtook Verstappen. Leaving the track and gaining an advantage. Yeah. I think they give like... a pass for lap one, especially yeah. when the pole setters just went, no space for you. <laughs> because I think if they were penalising Checo for leaving the track and gaining an advantage, they would then have to penalise Max for forcing another driver off the track. Well, no, because if you've parked there and then he's decided to go around you, that is his conscious decision. Was it on the inside or the outside that Sergio Perez. passed Max? So Perez, on Perez is on the pit wall side, so that's the inside yeah. of turn one. Yeah, He's gone onto the pit exit. Well, not the pit exit, because that's around the corner, but there's an extra little bit of tarmac there yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that he's gone onto. But Max was already across, and then Perez has gone round him. So And Sergio did have the right to space, though, because he was significantly alongside, so I think they yeah. just went uh, lap one. Uh, because Sergio got the better start in the sprint shootout mm. um, compared to Max. Max was quicker off the line, but second Sergio's car, yeah, Sergio's car was just quicker in the second phase. And then the race sort of settled down for a bit. Um, Hulkenberg put up a mighty defence, and, and there's a lot of people being fast. like, "Oh, it will be his first podium," even though it wouldn't. It wouldn't count. It was the sprint. And then that both Hass's tires just fell off a cliff. Well, that was the thing. They were so good at the start. And that's kind of the Hass philosophy is they're really good at warming up their tires. Mm. Just means they eat them. Yeah. 
and on inters and wets, it's not a good thing. No. And then the track started to dry. It was very quick as well. The changeover point was very sudden. Just came and went. It was it was just it was wet and it was dry. <laughs> um the DRS got enabled, they were still on enters. I think it was it was Russell that was first it to was, roll the base. Yeah, it was. George George was the only one to have pitted for softs yeah. when DRS had been enabled. And he, he timed it perfectly. Yeah. What a strategic call for Mercedes. A day after completely fucking it up right. um in qualifying, they get it absolutely spot on in the sprint. I think that's mostly down to the driver, Nothing to lose either though, because he was in Yeah, he wasn't in the points. Um it wasn't in the points, so it was just a gamble, but it yeah. it was perfect. Um, and he nearly got P7, actually. Lost out on that by nine thousandths of a second. We love a good photo finish. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the sprint went from pretty dull to rather exciting in the last few laps. It was yeah. a pretty good sprint. It was. Um, it's just a shame that uh, the crossover point was as late as it was because mm. it had enabled the top five. Yeah, top five. Thing, to sort of build enough of a gap that they didn't need to yeah. make that gamble onto the slicks. So mm. even though they were, I think it was two and a half to three seconds a lap slower that Lando was to Alonso behind him, um, they still sort of just made it, you know? Yeah. Cause the end of the Grand Prix was that close. The sprint, not Grand Prix. You know what I mean. And then we came to Grand Prix Sunday. And the start was significantly less exciting <laughs> than the day before. And then it became track limit city. Yeah. Lewis being the first to bite the bullet. <laughs> yeah. Mm. It started on like free with Lando on the radio. So Lewis's track limits, track limits. It Everyone be, was on it though. Yeah, it should be noted as well. Um, that he did have brake issues, I think it was, and just couldn't slow the car. I did see every he time said. he came in for his pit stops, he locked up, and I thought he was going to get penalties for speeding in the pit lane. Mm. Um, but obviously, he managed to slow it enough. Um, but Mercedes then apparently told Ted Kravitz that it wasn't a malfunction. They just didn't know what was going on. Um, that's what Ted said on the broadcast, but who knows? But yeah, he had brake issues. I don't know what everyone else's excuse was. Um, I don't know, but at the same time, if... Okay, here's my hot take. Just go slower. Mm. It's so much quicker in the long run to shave two tenths, lose two tenths in a corner, and not run wide. Or a temp. Yeah, a tenth, two tenths, whatever. Than it is to repeatedly run wide and pick up a five second penalty, then a ten second penalty, and then another five second penalty. Like, Come on. Yeah. They can complain as much as like, ah, oh, I was never over the line. You were over the line. We've complained for years that track limits weren't rigorously applied. 
They are now being oh, rigorously wait. applied. And now the drivers are being made to look a bit sure. amateurish. And that's that's on them, really. At the end of the day, they're in control of the car. They know where the line is. You're missing yeah. it. <laughs> what I did find interesting, though, just on the track limits discussion, was the stewards got involved after the race and on the final line of the document about the extra track limits infringements post-race, they were like, we strongly recommend that you find a solution to this. Because it does seem to be a situation that is unique to the Red Bull ring. No other track has such a big problem with track limits. I would argue historically that Paul Ricard was close second on that. Mm. But it was never quite as bad as Austria. No. Um, but I did see a rather hilarious tweet um, with a very practical solution to the issue. And that was a stinger strip on the outside of the car. Run wide, get a puncture. You know, it's a mm. simple yet effective solution. <laughs> you can't argue with that, really. Yeah. I don't know. I think... I don't know if this is just the rib. I liked it when it was the curb that they used. Because then you could make a, even a small mistake, keep it on the curb, and not get penalised by the mistake and by race control. Um, yeah. I don't think you want a curb like that around the corner like that. You should, you don't want to be out there anyway because that will eat the underside of your floor. Yeah, when you're, if you're then... on the curb, then you're on the the chunky triangular bit next to it. Yeah, so they're they're not going to go that far. No, exactly. Um, so that's what I mean like when they were using the red and white curb as the track limit. Yeah, just for nine and ten. I don't know, but then you get into the, the argument of it's not universally applied over the mm. entire season, and what about this corner at this track, and what about that corner? Yeah. This, and you know, you get into, you open a whole can of worms, and it's just I easier to think... go blanket rule. This is it. Deal with it. So the yeah. line, use it. I think they're going to look at putting a gravel trap in there. That'd be interesting. Mm. Yeah, um, on there before, didn't they? But um, I don't think it could be a full gravel trap. It would maybe need to be. Shallow one. Park gravel, then concrete afterwards. Um, because the reason that runoff is so wide is because the corners are so fast. It's yeah. the same at cops. I don't think you could ever put a gravel trap at the edge of cops. Because you dip a tyre there and lose it, that's a huge accident. But just <coughs> an yeah, that it? wasn't even on. That wasn't a case of a car spinning in cops. So that was just contact. Yeah, like you you get a car spinning intent. in cops and then contact. It's not going to be good. Um, I mean, look at how big Kvyat's accident in twenty twenty was when all he got was a puncture and yeah. sent flying with no one around them. Um, lap one, chaos. So, uh, there's certain corners that a gravel trap couldn't work, full stop, but it would be interesting to see at, at 9 and 10. I think the profile of the corners would allow for it. I think 
as long as they find a solution that works, mm. everyone will be happy. Um, yeah, solution. we we can't have a repeat of this weekend. The drivers <laughs> can just keep it in the white line. And he's then on it. All of this. He's absolutely on it. It's done. Beautiful. He's joined me on my hot take. But yeah, we, we wow. just, regardless of what they decide to do, we, we can't have a repeat of this weekend. No, that was ridiculous. The amount of penalties that were applied post-race is <laughs> insane. I, I love that Aston Martin just went for it, though. Mm. Yeah. Very long stroll. They looked so, at so they looked at the list of deleted lap times. That was what they looked at. They didn't look at like the stewards mm. any the list of penalties. They went there's a lot of deleted lap times here that haven't seemed to have been penalized. Would you like to look at your own evidence again, sir? The went, funniest moment yep. of the race though was after Nico Hulkenberg retired. He was given Nico yeah, Hulkenberg received a black and white flag for track limits about four laps after he retired. Dude. We had the safety car, and then it was like, "Oh yeah, black and white flag, Hulkenberg." Huh? He's out. Well, technically, all four wheels are over the white line. Mm. So, <laughs> but yeah, that was that was the best moment. I was like, what? That was a good moment. I, I, I just want to highlight one of the documents from the Aston Martin appeal. Uh, so Aston Martin lodged a protest against the provisional results. Mm. Uh, the protest claims a number of cars were not penalised for a breach of not staying in the white lines regulation number. Um, in the meantime, the stewards, having become aware of the existence of a number of deleted laps, brackets, due to exceeding track limits, close brackets, that were drawn to our attention after the receipt of the protest, have requested race control to perform a reconciliation of all deleted laps with penalties applied. We note that race control dealt with in excess of a hundred deleted laps during the race. Yeah. God damn. That's a lot. It's a lot of laps. They looked for it just to make sure that Alonso and Stroll wasn't going to get a penalty. Yeah. <laughs> they were trying to see if they could gain oh. from it, and they did. Yep. And that's but fair. yeah, that led to this wonderful document from the FIA after oh the race. Where, as we say, they changed the rules on track limits uh, infringements because usually the penalties just build up. This time, because of how many, a reset has been allowed due to the excessive number of infringements. Then the counting restarts after another four infringements, a five-second time penalty, and after five, a ten-second time penalty will apply. So Lewis Hamilton get caught one more time, got a ten-second time penalty. Carlos Sainz, the same. Gasly, the same. Albon, the same. Albon! Get caught Wait, ten more times! <laughs> well, Ocon didn't even get, like, a black and white flag on the TV. So he's got all of this once the race, the race is done. So imagine being Ocon. You just got through the race. You're like, oh, yeah, that's fine. No track limits or anything. No. Two hours Ten later, track limits infringements from Ocon. Two hours later, you got 30 seconds worth of penalties. Uh, Sergeant got caught one more time. De Vries got caught five more times. <laughs> and Sonoda got caught again as well. 
then it was, yeah, the stewards very strongly recommend that a solution be found to the track limit situation at this circuit. I like that that's one thing I do like about the stewards. They've been very strong of we are not the FIA recently. Oh, yeah, it's not their job, is it? So much so that I, I think it was at the last Grand Prix, at the end of all the documents, they were like, um, decisions made by the stewards are made completely independently of the FIA and are just to do with the regulations. Almost like, we are not them. Please. I think the stewards are actually hired by the circuit for each race. I could be wrong, but I think they are. But yeah, track limits city. And Max Verstappen won again. That's fine. Next race <laughs> is the UK. But yeah, before we talk about Silverstone, Richard, we need you to give us the prediction results, please. Uh, we had a cracking weekend on the uh, the old um, podiums. The only people that scored, the only driver that gave us any points this weekend was Max Verstappen. So everybody got six points. That was it. Thank you, Chris, for saying that I shouldn't trust Perez. You're welcome. Because <laughs> everyone got a point because everyone said Verstappen was going to get pole. He was also going to get the sprint shootout pole and he was also yeah. going to win the sprint. So there's three points no there already. Either. What's and that then... about? <laughs> everybody said Verstappen was going to win. So they all got three points for that as well. So everybody got six points, which means there's no change in the leaderboard. Um, bold predictions. I'm the only one that got it. And you got two uh, points as well. Oh, yeah. Rig. Rig. Okay, they, they baited me into it. and We did that, so I still pulled it off. So. And then, I can't even remember what everyone else's bold prediction was. Uh, Nia's wasn't even hers. It was an Alpine podium. Oh, yeah. Um... What even was it? I can't remember. Chris, you said a lot. Oh, Alpine podium. Oh. Uh, Chris, you said Alonso to P2 in the championship. Nope. And nope. Ben went for the Verstappen jinx that didn't work. However, Ben, you do get the consolatory prize of getting the closest on lap down showdown. Uh, it was K Mag that was the first to get lapped mm. uh, at the start of lap 36 while he was in the pit lane. Um, and he finished one lap down. Uh, ben, you are closest by saying De Vries, 37, one lap down. So, there you go. Are we all looking forward to our home race? Um, slightly. George so... Russell has never scored a point at Silverstone in F1. I do have some news on Silverstone. Oh. According to the BBC... On Saturday and Sunday, it's to rain over the Formula One sessions. Well, don't trust now, the weather, that man. could make things interesting, yeah, couldn't we know it? What the weather's like. Oh yeah, it'll be sunny the whole way through. This is Formula One we're talking about, but at least we can hope. I will choose to withhold hope. For because more hopeful. the sprint was wet and that was good. So, yeah, that was in an Austrian mountainside. And this will be in a British airfield. Yeah, nice and flat. 
nothing mm. to force the clouds up and generate some rain, you know. But it's also Britain, and it likes to rain here, <laughs> as just we not, all know. Just not when Formula One's in town. <laughs> well, no, it rained last year. Yeah, that's true. We had a wet quality last year, and it did start to rain just before the race start, just not enough. Not enough rain to actually do to matter. Yeah. And then it immediately stopped before lights out, which was very inconvenient. But good, because I was in an uncovered grandstand and I didn't fancy it raining for the entire race. I've not That's made it. that mistake this oh, year. <laughs> I'm in a covered grandstand on Sunday. Shocking. Howard. I was sitting at the outside and not to be like, let it absolutely hammer it down. Sitting at Village. So I'll have a nice view of Village, the loop, and then the run down the Hangar Strait? Wellington Strait? Which one's the first one? Wellington. The old Pitt Strait. No. That's the, that's oh, the International Strait. Is Wellington. Yeah. Okay, well, I view down the Wellington Strait as well. So it'll be a good place to get some footage for the from the weekend. Plenty of flags. And then obviously Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'll just be all around the track. So even more flags. Even more flags, yeah. Well. Maybe some marshals waving flags. Um don't get your but... up. <laughs> and of course some nice images of the cars and the Formula Two cars and the Formula Three cars and the, the Porsche right. Super cars. But shall we do predictions? Sure. It's a normal weekend, so we don't need to care about sprint shootout or the sprint. Richard, who's going to be on pole? Stefan. Nia. Stefan. Ben. Uh, for Stefan. I wanted to be spicy, but no. Take the gamble. Max. What's your podium then? This is going to be on pure hope. Hamilton, <laughs> Russell, Alonso. Hamilton doing what he did in 21 mm-hmm. or something. No, Sergio Perez is going to do that for him. Right. And then and Ben Marco is going to like. Then when it comes into fire race, yeah. there's going to be a driver swap and Daniel Ricciardo is going to get in. <laughs> uh, ben, your podium, please. So I feel like this is the toughest podium to protect all season. Because Ferrari have come back. Mercedes have dropped off. Mercedes are bringing, bringing up big upgrades, race. yeah. You don't know about Aston. They're Aston have been in the Ben the past couple of weeks. Yeah, but... They're literally yeah. over the road, so upgrades are just wheeled mm. out, you know? And they looked dodgy somewhere else earlier on in the season, and they just popped back up. Yeah. So it was at, it was at Spain. They were nowhere. They were nowhere. And then yeah. went to Canada, or Alonso was in P2 or whatever. So I say Verstappen... Hamilton, Alonso, 
Richard? I'm I'm just gonna go off recent years. Ferrari haven't been bad at Silverstone. No. They I'm were saying. the they were the best car at Silverstone last year. So I'm going for Verstappen Leclerc as one two. Mm-hmm. And then see I've got like three three choices here. I can go for the second Red Bull. Actually, four choices. The second Red Bull, the second Ferrari, a Mercedes or an Aston Martin. Any of them could be fighting for that third spot. What I will say is we remember how in the bend the Mercedes was last season. But at Silverstone, it came alive. Yeah, and for that reason, I'm going to pick Perez. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The Ferraris were the best car in Silverstone last year and Mercedes was probably arguably second best well I'd still say Red Bull was best but Stafford was still the only reason he dropped off is because he had the issue yeah yeah Verstappen Leclerc Hamilton Bold predictions. The Red Bulls to tangle on lap one again. I mean again. Sprint they tangle. They they were very close. They didn't. It was though, just a they? bit of argy bargy. There was no yeah. contact. Still, that's not so they tangled. Oh, I've written that in the wrong place. Oh well, I just got okay. It's fine. Um, Ben, you're bold. Piastri top eight. What would have been very bold if he's would be if you said De Vries top ten. That's what that would be. Mm. Uh, Richard. Um. Lando had a good race this time. Yeah, I was going to say Lando, but I don't want to jinx him. <laughs> no, that's exactly why I'm just like, what else can I just avoid? Um, I will say, against maybe my better judgment, and I'm now desperately just going to go back and check the Austrian results. Uh, okay, that's a reasonable, that's bold, because he's an idiot. Uh, double Alpine points. Neil? Uh, it's absolutely been it all weekend. All weekend. Every, Every session. session. Every session. Be... Perez, what? rubbish. What Every are we session. classing as... It, it, it. That needs to be clear. Yeah. Are we doing it in a time delta, as in at least this amount of time off Max's time? Are we doing oh, God, it in no. positions? No. No. Positions, so I can't do time. <laughs> Um, so below least, P what? At least half a second slower than Max at each session is not unreasonable to say, is it? No, yeah. we'll say that. No, but... <laughs> no, 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 this is your bold prediction. your prediction. Stop stealing my stuff. And you've already <laughs> said you want to do it by position. Uh, so below P what? Below P8. Every yeah, session. Now. Yeah. Damn. 
Yeah. Can't yeah. wait for him to pop it in seventh in practice one. <laughs> I change my podium. <laughs> no. He's not uh, on there anyway. Yeah, but I put Perez there. <laughs> Shall we talk junior categories? Oh, lap down showdown. Oh, yeah. He always forgets the lap down showdown. Um, I remember before we moved on. It's okay. We need to shout out Nick DeVries again. <laughs> I'm going to go with Nick DeVries. Okay. There's How 52 many... laps. Thank you. Nick DeVries, 27-1. Nia. Nia. I'll go with Sergeant. 25-1. Ben? I'm going to say Bottas. Okay. And 34-1. and one. I'm going to continue Richard. the trend of picking a different driver for each of us. And I'm actually going to go for Sonoda. Sergio Perez. No, I'm going to go for Sonoda. I think he might just get caught up in an incident and end up mm. at the back. Um, he on the Red Bull tangle. <laughs> turns out Perez has been given the Alpha Tauri for the weekend and then just <laughs> camouflaged in the Red Bull livery. Uh, okay, so Sonoda and I'm going to say lap. 52 laps. Uh, do you want to go early or late? I'm going to go late. I'm going to say they're going to make it past the pit stop window before they get lapped. So I'm going to go for 40. Oh, that's very late. It is very mm. late. And therefore, just one lap down. Yeah. <laughs> Two laps. <laughs> He's going to get um... lapped and lapped again. <laughs> All right. Junior categories time. Uh, but just before we move on, I've got a little note in my book here. Oh, what's that? That, that says near. Oh, Cameron yeah. prediction, yeah, because oh. he he gave her one last <laughs> week for this week. Oh yeah, oh so yeah. He said Alonso or Signs to win next week this race. So Silverstone. Oh, so he just wanted to play the podium game. <laughs> but there is three people on a podium. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he's he's done a third of that already. So. If there is right. only two people on the podium, I am worried. <laughs> <laughs> We're almost back to Monaco 96. <laughs> All right. Junior categories. Formula 2. Formula 3 and Formula 2 qualifying. Let's do them as one because it was basically a repeat. Formula 3 qualifying is something I want to talk about. Now, we have a thing in Monaco where we split the the qualifying into groups mm. for the sake of the circuit's not long enough. Yeah, there's, there's two 30 drivers or something? There's 30 yeah. drivers in Formula yeah. 3. And I think the same thing should be applied to the Red Bull ring. Yes. Um, what I found really funny, though, is on their first lap, 
all the drivers behaved themselves. And then it was after their first lap that it was just absolute chaos. It was the same in Formula 2. So I think we need to introduce that rule from from Monaco as to not just Monaco, but a minimum circuit length. Mm. So anything under that length groups. Because that would avoid the absolute car park that was Formula 3 qualifying that we saw in Austria this weekend. Yeah. Um, now the Austrian track is under four and a half kilometers, so I think that's probably a good cut off point. Four point five k. Anything under, or that, even do it by by lap time. Lap time. As well. Yeah, that's also an option. Um, Anything below an average of, uh, I can't remember exactly what the Formula Three cars were doing, but a, a one twenty. Obviously, um, you do it by category at that point. So, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So the the Formula Two qualifying times were one fourteens, and and some change. Um, for the quickest times, uh, yeah. the Formula Threes were one uh, twenties and some change for the quickest time. So, you know, yeah, it has so to be per per division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of course. Um, but that is an alternative way to do it as well as against track length. But yeah, we absolutely need to fix that. But we did have an entertaining qualifying session in both categories. Which then led on to the Formula 3 sprint race, which kicked off the racing for each week, for the weekend, as it always does. That was interesting in the wet. Yeah. Race control made some curious decisions at the start. So we went off for two formation laps behind the safety car. And then race control just went, eh, standing start. Which is very weird to see. Usually when we start off behind the safety car, we have a rolling start. And yeah. that's the whole point of starting behind the safety car. Maybe they decided it was okay enough based yeah, on... Dry enough. Based on the feedback of the drivers. Because that's really what they listen to on, on those... Mm reconnaissance laps we'll call them um and then there was just and it's just joseph maria marte being like no please no standing start and he was on pole understandable mm. <laughs> everyone behind him is like give me a standing start <laughs> i'm gonna get a jump on him <laughs> guy in and front roll and then instead it was actually gabriel mini that everyone got the start on no sorry um, it wasn't Gabriel Mini. It was who stalled? Was it Gotha? Oh, Ollie Gotha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somewhere. Ollie Gotha stalled on the line. I'm amazed nobody. And thankfully, no one hit him. Yeah. yeah, everyone got through, which was very good and a testament to the skill of the drivers. Um, but yeah, one, two, three, four, five, lights out, and everyone goes away, except Ollie, who just sat there. That must be terrifying as a driver. I, I think that is my new worst fear, is the wet bit of it. Mm. Stalling on the grid is one thing, because you're kind of just sat there waiting to get hit. But stalling on the grid in the rain, 
the spray yeah. just completely removes the visibility. So uh, I think stalling from the front in the rain, because then by the time the other cars have got up to you, there's going to be a, a level of spray behind you. Mm. Stalling at the back in the rain is stalling at the back in the dry, really, isn't it? So Yeah. Um, but yeah. It does not, show the effectiveness of the race start marshalling system, though, that from the second he didn't get away, there was yellows flashing right the way down the grid from his grid box back. So everybody knew there was an issue, and so kept it clean. Yeah, very good start from everyone in those conditions mm. to keep it as clean as it was. Um, yeah, there wasn't a lap point incident. No, which was in fact, there, quite impressive. There wasn't really a major incident until toward the end of the race when... Oh, two drivers crashed. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a clean. There's so many names to remember. Like, no, I know, and I watched. I watched it earlier, and mm. I can't, yeah, I'm I watched it earlier it. today as well. But it was the fact that Pepe Marti was at the front when the safety car came out, seven laps from the end, something like that. And yeah. then just wasn't. once, once the safety car came in, he was gone. He was he was eaten up by everyone. Uh, oh, as it turns Martin. out, it was it was lap ten that it ha- that the incident happened. So um, oh, it was quite early on. Ten laps to the end, oh, so okay. half half race distance. Um, but yeah, uh, after the safety car came in, Pepe Marti just got eaten up by the pack and ended up finishing sixth. Yeah. So. But yeah, it was uh, Ollie Gray and Rafael Villa Gomez that came together. Um, I think Ollie Gray was on the inside of turn four, and as we've seen in many categories in the past, just completely washed out. Bonk. <laughs> tagged him, and then just drove into him again, Yeah, and off came his wheel. Yeah. It was, was like an F1 most... game accident. That was the bit I found most confusing about that, was the, the second contact, but... Yeah. But it was genuinely like a incident in the F1 game. Yeah, you survive the first intact and you just your wing comes off and then you like just and then your wheel just yeah itself out. Still don't understand the physics in that game. And then the race was won by Paul Aron from Gabriel Mini and Kyle Collette rounded off the sprint race podium. And then we went to the feature Again, for Formula 3, Richard, um, you've seen it. I've not had a chance to watch it yet. Talk us through the main points. Um, mostly dry, really. It was sort of a much more run-of-the-mill event. Um, Montoya started to make a bit of a charge towards the end uh, and tangled with Franco Colapinto, I believe, on the last lap. Uh, which cost both of them their shot at third on the podium uh, and gifted it to Caio Collette. Uh, Although Colapinto did still finish fourth. Yeah, Colapinto came off better from it. He was on the inside. Um, Montoya was in the gravel and rejoined in 10th and then was hit with a post-race penalty of, I believe, 10 seconds to dump him down into 20th uh, Uh... for his... Causing a collision. Yes, 10 second time penalty. Yeah. Um, other notes were Sophia Flush's car. She finished ninth on the road, but yeah, was got disqualified. Her first ever 
I was just about to come to that. Sophia <laughs> Flersh thought she had her first ever points in Formula One, and then the technical One. delegate. Sorry, Formula Three. There we go. Um, then the technical delegate found out that her front wing end plate was a few millimeters out of position. Too low. Uh, the team had said that she clouted the curb, and that's what caused it. The stewards went, "Oh well, that's a shame," <laughs> and disqualified her. It's a rough one. Especially with curbs like the ones around Austria, it is a rough mm. one. Um, so yeah, but unfortunately, I guess that's the rules, isn't it? So yeah, that's, that's basically what always happens. If you've got a technical non-conformity, you can almost expect to be disqualified. Mm. It's just a shame that it's could it could well be circuit related. You know, we we kind of have to take that at face value that we we're not entirely sure of what it was. Yeah. Um, so the the steward said this. Um, the team explained that they'd set up the car on the limit and checked it. The stewards accepted the, team as, uh, the team's assertion that at one point the car hit the curb. Well, this could explain the non-compliance, it does not forgive it. The stewards determined to apply the standard penalty for a technical infraction, e.g. disqualification. So, that's unfortunate for Sophia, but if she's got to ninth on the road once, she can do it again. Yeah, there were some other absolutely stonking drives through the field, though. Alejandro Garcia got himself a 10-second stop-goal penalty during the race Safety for breaching the minimum delta time for 10 consecutive marshalling sectors during the safety car <laughs> period prior to crossing the first safety car line twice. In other words, he went too fast. Jesus. Oh, that's what we forgot to talk about in terms of safety car. It's just reminded me. Lando Norris's appeal. Oh, um, I just found against it. his five-second time penalty in Canada was thrown out by the stewards. Leonardo Fornaroli went from, mm. I believe. Let me just double check this. Uh, qualifying results. Oh, well, this is Formula Three. Check yeah, the yeah, final yeah. starting grid. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, Can you who are we that? looking at? Leonardo Fonaroli, car number four. Um, 30th. Yeah. Dead finished, last. Finished P10 in the feature race. So much so that he needed permission to start from the stewards, so he must have set a time outside the 107. Yep. And he came 10th. Yeah. How's that for a Sunday drive? 30th oh, to points. He massively set a time out of the, one, the 107. Um, 29th. Was uh, lap time was a one twenty two point three, Leonardo's was a one forty six point four. Oh, he's had his lap time deleted then, hasn't he? Uh, I think they said they just couldn't hook it up. Oh well, it did on Sunday. Yeah, um, but the final podium for Formula Three uh, was Zach O'Sullivan, Gabriel Bortoletto, and Kaya Collette. So the top ten for the standings. Bortoletto leads the way, 111 points. Then it's Pepe Marti on 75, tied with Dino Beganovic in third, also on 75. Zach O'Sullivan is in fourth on 73. Gabriella Mini and Paul Aaron are tied on points at 65, but Mini is ahead on countback. Franco Colapinto is in seventh on 60 points. Gregoire Saucy bumps up the table to eighth on 49. Luke Browning is in ninth on 38 points, and... 
Leonardo Fornaroli is now in 10th on Thursday. If I remember right, Saucy only scored one point this weekend, and that was pole position. Two points. Two points for pole in Fornaroli. Because no. he went from first to last in the feature race. I don't think you're supposed to do that. But it's he did. the other way around on the game, isn't it? Mm. Uh, Formula 2. Again, Richard, you've seen it. I've not had a chance to watch it yet. Talk us through it. Sprint race was a bit wet. Um, as wet as Formula 3? No, because the Formula 3 sort of dried it out a bit. And it's just oh, and that's, wouldn't the sprint actually have been after Formula 1's sprint? The... Yes. Uh, yeah. The interesting bit was the... Was it a sprint or was it the feature that they... There was a split between what tyres people started on, because obviously Formula 2 doesn't have inters. Yeah, and it's in dries one, or wets. In one of the races, there was a mix of somebody you'd, started on You'd have to imagine it would be the sprint. Them. Yeah. Um, but the the sprint was kind of meh, to be honest. Um, the, the most amazing bit of racing was the last six laps of the feature race. If you're going to go watch anything, just watch that. Because there was a late mm. safety car. It gets called in. The guys that were on the uh, alternative tyre strategy so finished the race on the softer set of tyres. Had incredible pace. And it just... Yeah, just go and watch it because it's some fantastic Formula 2 driving. Um, it means that 12 months after crossing the line first but then later being disqualified for a technical infringement, Richard Vashaw wins the Austrian Grand Prix. <laughs> um, he hasn't been disqualified as of time of recording, so there's still time. And the, no, the <laughs> final classification has been, been published. Posted. He's safe. He's, he's safe. He's got it this year. Um, but no, at the amount of times they kept bringing it up in commentary was like, can you let the man just like live? Drive. <laughs> <laughs> just let him drive. Um, but no, that was a really good bit of uh, racing there. It was Vashor and Iwasa on newer sets, and Fred Vesti, Jack Dillon, Ollie Behrman, all just trying to like live with their really bad old soft tyres. Mm. Um, so the sprint podium was Jack Crawford, Victor Martins, and Isaac Hadjar, and. The feature race podium was Richard Vashore, Ayumu Asa, and Fred Vesti, which means that's the top 10 of the driver's standings. Fred Vesti continues to lead the way. He's on 125 points. Teo Porcher remains in second. He's on 105, but Ayumu Asa has closed the gap. He's now in third on 101. Uh, Ollie Behrman is in fourth on 81. Richard Vashore is now in fifth on 75. Dennis Hauger is 6th on 60 points. Uh, Victor Martens is 7th on 58. Emerson Fittipaldi is 57 points in 8th place. Jack Doohan is in ninth on 54. And Kush Miney, who had a bit of an incident with Fittipaldi in the race, actually. Uh, he's in 10th on 49 points. It was a bit of a naughty one, and I did want to see if he'd been penalised for it. Chris, do you have any documents on that? Uh, which race... Feature. No, Feature. Sprint. Sprint. Uh, car number 16. Sorry, car number 24. Drive through converted to a 20 second time penalty, forcing another driver off the track. Yeah, that's that tracks. 
Um, so it was. We also on... had another disqualification. Clement Novelak was disqualified from third in the sprint race for oh, a technical that's... non-conformity. Oh, that is a shame. Uh, and there's also a strange stewards document that I'm going to ask you about. Was, did anything happen at the end of the sprint race? Because uh, after the race, a document has been published reducing the length of the race by one lap. Don't know. Didn't see that bit. Hmm. But the incident with Kushmani was exit of turn three straight down to uh, turn four. Um, Fittipaldi has come on the cutback, so he's on the right-hand side, and Miney's just pushed him onto the grass. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Very nice of him. So that was, and that ended Fittipaldi's race because the grass is wet. Whee! Hands yeah. around he went. Luckily, wasn't collected by any of the cars that were pretty close behind. Um, but yeah, no, that was... When I watched that back, it was like, that's a slam dunk. Mm. So. Yeah, he got a drive through for it. Good. So very much so. Good. But Although it did seem to take a while because Fittipaldi's race ended on lap 17. Mm. So there was 10 more laps. Um, so they obviously took they, a while they, to decide on it. I'm pretty sure it came up like they'll investigate it after the race sort of thing. Mm. Um, it was one of those ones. They love doing those, don't they? Yeah, which is a bit pointless if the driver going to apply a drive-through penalty to is still in the race. If they're both out, fair enough. Yeah. But if one of them is still in the race, investigate it. But they do love doing that in the junior categories. It's always, ah, we'll, we'll, we'll look later. We're having a cup of tea just now. Other beverages are available. Yes. Um, but yeah, that wraps up this week's episode of the Turn 5 podcast. I believe. Unless there's anything else. There was one thing in Formula 3 that I found really amusing. Um, at one point in the race... Um, Which race? <laughs> feature. I think. Okay. Um, it was... Who was it overtaking? There Walter was no. Autoletto overtook someone and gave the push signal to the guy who was overtaking. It was Dino Boganovich who was overtaking. And commentary picked up on it. It was like, he's just given Dino the push signal to work together <laughs> to break the toe. <laughs> Wild. They're not on the same team. But he's gone, can we work together on this? Um... That's not something I've ever seen before. No. In what any I, racing. One of the best bits of racing I saw was in the sprint, uh, Formula 3, where I think it was Mini trying to get past, and they left a space on the inside of Turn 3. I can't remember who it was, just sent it and overtook two cars, because they were too busy tripping over each other, and he just went, okay, bye! See you later. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. But, yeah, that wraps up this week's episode of the Turn 5 podcast. Thank you all very much for listening. We will see you next week for the Silverstone Review with views from the circuit. Until then, ta for now.